Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Well, tomorrow, a very important day as free agency begins Thursday at 6 p.m. Eastern. But we're already getting some news on the free agency front. We'll get to that and more with you. It's Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, presented by Progressive Insurance. Alan Hahn in for Max. Hahn. I have yes. a question. What's the question? Are we are we playing Kanye intro music discussing Kyrie Irving? Uh, is our team trying to call Kyrie Irving the Kanye West of the basketball world? Is is that the narrative that they're trying to set? I, I, just, I just want a clarification team? on how that was bridged. Team, team is that what we're doing? Uh, I guess we'll have to ask Jerry whenever he's available. Yeah. I'll, I'll ask a high-ranking official. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what that means. Kanye, Kyrie, like, what are they trying to say? He's Maybe it just sounds the same, right? You know, the out-of-the-box thinking. Kanye. Incredibly talented, uh, misunderstood. Misunderstood, yes. You know, that kind of. Uh, yeah, I was just curious if that's where they were trying to go. I think he's the smartest guy drum. in any room he walks into. But that he isn't. too. Yeah. Probably that little precociousness to the attitude. Yes. Uh, well, a there's lot a lot stuff. of people outside of Kyrie in that need to be. We should put Never together mind. a list, Key. Who is the Kanye West of their industry? <laughs> Who's, the Who's the Kanye West, West of the NFL? Of, yes. Of the NFL. Who would that be? Oh, Aaron Rodgers. Right now? Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers, yeah. Right there. Uh, yeah, mm. he's just old, he's older though. I probably can find I probably can find somebody. I'm just trying to think of the top of my head who it would be. That, mm. I'm probably, to probably, yeah. I mean, Aaron Rodgers probably, but you know, it just it feels different. You know, what do you mean it feels mm-hmm. different? What feels different? Because Aaron isn't like it's not like Kanye. He's not as like in your face flat. You know what I mean? Like he says things that are polarizing. Just feels different. He's just more of an older guy that's just yes. like, doesn't care anymore. Yes. Just took, took the filter off. You know, that kind of thing. But yeah, who have you came up with? Can you come up with one yet? Key's still thinking. No, about I can't it. I can't. I'm 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 thinking right, well, I'm just you know what about, while we what about Antonio that? Brown? Ooh, Antonio Brown, yeah, that's there you go. Well, I mean they they know they, no, they work see, together. Don't the sports. Don't the sports. Antonio Brown ain't thinking like like uh Kanye and Kyrie. Kanye and Kyrie, when they thinking, they benefiting yeah. at the same time. AB point. ain't benefiting. Although Kanye Ky- thinking, Kanye thinking, all of a sudden he got two billion dollars. Well, hang this on, is though. A different is, thinking. Wait a minute. They now, have signed Jalen Brown, though. I get <laughs> congrats, is, Antonio. Is Kyrie really benefiting from it like Kanye does? He just made is actually. It, he got thirty six million dollars for that a was year. A, that was an option that was on a contract that he already signed years before, and if you think about it, he didn't get more money, and Nike's even like, you know what? But here's what, here's what I – no, but the Nike Done thing, that's up just some – that's what? conversations. That ain't – they ain't, they going to sign him back. He's, you think, you think One so? of the top grossing shoes is at Nike is his shoes. So that's just a negotiation deal. But look, I would say, yeah, he's making – yes, absolutely, because guess okay. what he hasn't done? What? He hasn't – lost anything because of the things that people have said he's done. He hasn't lost anything. Where A.B., I mean, no, no, he lost for itself. Yeah, he no, lost everything. Not everything, but yeah. it's, you know, he, he, he lost lo- some stuff. He lost a I lot. I wouldn't say everything, but he lost a lot. Kyrie mm-hmm. hasn't lost anything, and neither has Kanye. All Kanye keep doing is making billions with his weird thinking. Mm. 
Well, as NBA free agency, uh, as I mentioned, begins, we already know that that Kyrie did pick up his option. It becomes official, I guess, what, at 5 o'clock today is when he has to officially pick up the option, and then he's with the Nets. And, you know, we'll have Brian Windhorst back on with us again, but Brian has this theory that it doesn't mean he is totally in in with the Nets, and it doesn't mean the Nets are totally in with him. We'll get back to that. But But wait, real quick, I was going to tell you, Key, off that. I'm sorry, Alan. Key, Mm -hmm. Key, if you're Lakers, if you're Brian... If you found a way to give me my Nike deal back, we could talk now. Well, it's, look, man. We, we could talk now. You get my Nike deal back. We got a lot of things. That's right. That, that, talk yeah. that through. You know, yes. LeBron James, just real quick again, LeBron James moved to L.A. And prior to him moving to L.A., he, he had Spring Hill, and he had – they were doing some stuff, Jay. Right. But nowhere near what they doing now. Yeah, I, no, I, I hear you. I yes. hear you. Yeah, they, just a that, little that, nugget that has, for you. No, I, really I trust well. me. I, I follow everything they do, mm-hmm. even the, the new production deal they did with Naomi Osaka. Trust and believe. I pay attention. Russell Westbrook picked up his forty-seven million dollar option with the Lakers. It's the final uh, year of a five-year, two hundred six million dollar deal. Mm. And you talk about again, the Lakers really <laughs> want him around, or would they love to move him as now an expiring contract? But he's picking that up, and he was singing in the car. You see him singing. In the car after uh, after it was announced that he would be picking up the option, uh, <laughs> PJ Tucker, three years, thirty million is what's being reported that the Sixers are offering him, and he will be taking. And of course, no tampering going on here whatsoever, right? Because officially, you can't talk to players until uh, six p.m. on Thursday, but that's already being reported. The Jazz might have their head coach. They're going with a thirty-four-year-old Jay. Will Hardy, Will Hardy, who was with yeah. the Spurs and the Celtics, and they're going with him to be the youngest head coach in the league. And that's the direction that Danny Ainge and company are going with in Utah. Now what comes next? David Fisdale, by the way, going to join their front office. Good for Fizz. Uh, but what comes next for the Jazz? What do they do? Is Donovan Mitchell going to be on the move? Is Rudy Gobert going to be on the move? So keep an eye on what Danny Ainge is going to do with Utah. And the Knicks did a move yesterday that Woj and company were reporting where they moved a couple of second-round picks and Nerlens Noel and Alec Burks to the Detroit Pistons. They're both, they're both um, expiring contracts essentially because the team options for the third year. So they're moved with a couple of second-round picks that opens up a ton of cap space now for the Knicks, and the ex- expectation is they're going to pursue Jalen Brunson from the Dallas Mavericks. Uh, and it, the Tim McMahon saying that it's going to be a, a four years and upwards of over $100 million for Jalen Brunson. So just just quickly on that one, as the free agency stuff starts to fall into place, Jay, is it too much for Jalen Brunson? Does it make the Knicks better? They're clear, they cleared all this cap space. They gave up an 11th overall pick to clear more cap space just for this player. Is it a difference maker for this team? How do you view this? Are, are you going to overpay for a player like Jalen Brunson um, because the market price is where it's at? Look, I – just to put it into context, okay, the Dallas Mavericks kind of missed the boat here. Uh, Nico Harrison, who came over from Nike, is their, their general manager. Uh, they had a chance to extend Jalen Brunson before the season started. They also had a chance to extend him in the middle of the season for around $55 million, and they didn't offer it. They didn't offer it. So he's going to get $55 more million over the original price, but – Look what he's been able to create. And here's what I would ask you, Alan Hahn, as the, as the New York Knicks fan of our group here, is that it, does it, does it, are you swinging for the fences for a guy like Jalen Brunson? No, but is it a single or a double? 
at that price for where the market is dictating for a guy of his caliber. I, I see what he brings to the culture of the team. And there is this – I spent time around Jalen. He is a winner, man. Like, he is a bona fide winner. And a person that pushes you in the locker room, a person that understands how to do it the right way, and a person who comes to practice every day bringing it. Bringing it. So watching him throughout the playoffs when his stock has increased, that being additive to the culture you already have established with R.J. Barrett, I like that around the young core of your team. And you have stockpile picks to wait for other free agents or other trade opportunities that could occur throughout the regular season. So I'm not saying I love it, Hmm. But I, it, it does feel like that enhances your culture. It's it's the idea of need, right? Yes. They need, they need a starting point guard. There aren't many available. Here's a guy that is. They know him well, obviously. This group does. It's, you know, his dad's his father's the assistant that, coach now, yes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But Thibodeau has known him since practically birth. Obviously, Leon Rose was his agent, and has, they have known him since he was born because they were also Rick Brunson's agent as well. So there's a great relationship thing here. But it's like, it's like that horn that you guys always play. Pat plays it all the time. When somebody makes a statement and it doesn't really hit the mark, that's, sort of, that, that's how I think Nick fans and a lot of people around the league react to this. It's like you're making all these moves and that's what you're getting? Yeah, but this you is know, chess, like it's, man. It's, this is chess, so, Alan. Like you, and and I, I'm, look, I'm not defending all the moves that the, the New York Knicks have made, but if – you know, Donovan Mitchell hasn't spent a lot of time around the Northeast area. If you are stockpiling assets to see how things pan out at other organizations, in particular Utah, and the more you can come to the table with, the more of an opportunity you have to land a person like that. To me, it just gives you it gives you toughness you need, but it's not it, it's it's not going to be the splash that everybody keeps waiting for. With this team. Now, the, the, you mentioned Donovan Mitchell. Is there any chance that Danny Ains looks at the roster, they just hired a young coach and realizes we've got to hit a reset button and suddenly he becomes available? Or is that just not going to happen for now because they've got him under contract for four years? They do. I, I think them losing two of their assistants who Donovan was very close with I think really hurt them. Obviously, uh, you know, having their head coach, Quinn Snyder, exit uh, I think was a red flag. But they have tried to bring in D. Wade as part of the ownership group, bringing David Fisdell in as an assistant GM. I think tries to bridge the relationship between him and Donovan because there's a reliability to players. But, like, for me, I, I don't know. Like, that whole thing is a very tenuous situation. I, I am not sure that's where Donovan Mitchell wants to be for the length of his career. He, now, he hasn't stated anything outside of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's doing all the right things. But it, it does call that into question. It is legit. The only thing, right, like that that would excite people. It's always about star chasing. Key, the Lakers always seem to get the stars. Like we're talking about Kyrie in in a trade that doesn't seem like it it would happen, but we believe it because the Lakers always seem to get these guys. Yeah, we don't. We don't. The Knicks uh, don't. Yeah, but we don't chase free agents, though, right? We we trade. That's what we do. Whether it was a Kareem Abdul-Jabbar or or Kobe Bryant, we trade to get our guys. Mm-hmm. Powell right. soul, you yeah. know. Yeah, for the most part, but still, it, it is obviously as free agency just beginning. It is certainly a storyline to watch. Nick's dumping a lot of salary, making a move, and Jalen Brunson looks like he is the target. It's Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max. Alan Hunt in for Max, and we are presented by Progressive Insurance. 
Here comes Freddie. With tears in his eyes, he is climbing into the batter's box. A standing ovation all around, sold out Truist Park. I left everything I had on this field. I love them very, very much, and they showed me the love tonight. Let's get some baseball talk here. A little more Kanye for you as well. Buster only joining us right now, our ESPN Baseball Insider. Buster, how are we doing? Good morning. Good morning to you guys. All right, so you were in Atlanta this weekend for Sunday Night Baseball, and you were part of that series uh, with the Braves and the Dodgers. What was your reaction to the way Freddie Freeman handled uh, his return to, to Atlanta, the emotions, and then afterwards firing his agent? Yeah, and I, you know, uh, ran my perceptions past folks who uh, are friends with Freddie, guys who play with Freddie. You know, that emotion that we saw on Friday night where he was uh, literally before the game throughout the press conference uh, speaking with reporters, he was crying. He gets into the box, he was crying. The ring ceremony, he was crying. He was crying. Uh, you could see tears in his eyes uh, in the eighth inning of, of Sunday's game, the third game of the series. And I think it was, uh, if I were to put a percentage on it, it was about 10% gratitude for the Braves fans and how they've treated him and about 90% sadness and anger over the fact that, uh, you know, he's not part of that legacy now because that's what he wanted, guys. You know, uh, and, and friends knew this, uh, that Freddie wanted to stay with the Braves. And so I think there's some frustration uh, on his part. There's a lot of frustration that it didn't work out that way. And, and when you really look at it, uh, and how it played out, uh, in the end, he gets the contract with the Dodgers. It was announced at $162 million over six years. But when you factor in deferred money, $57 million deferred out of 162 plus a 13% state tax in California, he actually wound up getting less money for more years uh, in his contract with the Dodgers, uh, the team that was his clear second choice as they started that process which led us to what's happened in the last 48 hours where he dismisses agents. He's currently listed as being self-represented. Um, those conversations are continuing with his former agency, the XL. We'll see if they can you know, draw him back somehow. But he, he's pretty upset, and he made that very clear to his former teammates. He was in the, the Braves club, clubhouse a couple times over the weekend. But how did that I, – I, I would find out – I mean, I found out that it didn't sit well – with a few Dodger players, Buster, they're basically saying that they hope that this will allow him to finally move on instead of still trying to court the Atlanta Braves, although he's with the Dodgers. Like, let it go. Yeah, and Keith, uh, you're quoting essentially Clayton Kershaw. What he <laughs> said to the Atlanta Journal-Constitution the other day, uh, he said, you know, I, you know, hopefully we're not second fiddle. Uh, Freddie said yesterday, you know, there have been conversations with Clayton about that, uh, about that comment. I heard that their Dodger players definitely had their eyebrows raised, but here's something worth remembering. <laughs> These last eight games is Freddie was, you know, the three days leading up to when they're going to Atlanta, the three emotional days in Atlanta, the last two games. Freddie's hitting 412 with a 487 on base percentage and a 706 slug. Uh, and his one evaluator said that, you know, the fact that he could be weeping, wiping tears out of his eyes and then raking <laughs> really is a reminder of how good a player he is. And in the end, key, you know better than I do because you've been been on teams that in the end will be the most important factor. Does Freddie bring it every day? And he has been. 
Buster, the Yankees won again last night and now the best record through 75 games since the 2001 Mariners. Uh, where does this team rank among the last 20 years? Yeah, and, and Jay, I covered the 1998 Yankees uh, who won 125 games when I was working at the New York Times. And I will say, it, it feels like that we have so much ground to cover before we can really put them into context. Uh, you know, the pace is amazing. Uh, well, what I remember about that, that 98 team was just watching them day in and day out, the energy that they played with. Uh, and, and how, you know, because normally during the course of 162 games, you have ups, you have downs, concentration goes up and down. It's been remarkable to watch this team, and it feels like it's sort of feeding upon itself where the players are getting excited about what they could accomplish. But that 98 team had a slump in, in September. Joe Torrey, their manager at that time, yelled at them, said, look, you can't turn it on and off like a light switch. They were actually down in the American League Championship Series to Cleveland. All the players were thinking, oh, my God, all of this might be irrelevant uh, if we don't uh, make it to the finish line and win the World Series. And in the end, that's going to be the ultimate litmus test. They can do all this mm. stuff in the regular season, but in New York, what's going to matter to Yankee fans is whether mm. or not they win the World Series. Buster, only ESPN baseball insider and host of Baseball Tonight podcast is joining us this morning on Keyshawn J. Will and Max. Buster, the trade deadline is, is fastly approaching. We're about a month away is there what, – what big deals I, – I care about the big names, the big deals that could potentially be on the move. Okay, so I don't think that we're going to have a deal that's as big as what we saw last year when your Dodgers went out and got Max Scherzer and Trey Turner. I don't think there's going to be that kind of, uh, of uh, addition by any team. Uh, the best starting pitchers who are probably going to move, Frankie Montas of the Oakland Athletics, uh, maybe Luis Castillo of the Cincinnati Reds, the best hitters. You might see Wilson Contreras of the Cubs move, uh, Josh Bell, Nelson Cruz, the Washington Nationals. And actually, I think the biggest additions that any of these contenders are going to be making coming up are the Mets. With uh, Max Scherzer, who's making his next rehab start today, uh, Jacob deGrom, probably sometime after the All-Star break now. You know, those two guys are high-impact players uh, rejoining the Mets. And, And I think it was Brandon Nimmo who said, you know, that no team is going to add two guys like we're going to add before we get to the trade deadline. Mm. Buster, the Red Sox lost uh, a game in Toronto last night because they did not have their closer who is unvaccinated. Really big story. As of now, the Red Sox will play the Blue Jays in the playoffs. So how big of a deal is that? And by the way, does it deserve some of the crazy criticism it's receiving in Boston? Like Boston media is going absurd about this. Well, on a scale of 110 in terms of the potential uh, of how important it would be, you'd have to have it at a 9 or a 10. Because when you look at the American League East standings, like the Yankees are running away with it. Uh, and so if, in fact, the Red Sox and Blue Jays make the playoffs, it's very likely they're going to play each other. That's just how the standings are playing out. And the entire first round of the playoffs this year, the team, the, the team with the better record is the home team. So the Red Sox, if they were to play the Blue Jays in the playoffs today, that series would be in Toronto, which would mean that Tanner Houck, their closer, unless he's vaccinated, would not be available. We don't know if Chris Sale, their ace who's coming back, uh, has gotten vaccinated. You know, we don't know if he's going to be available for that series. And by the way, games 157, 158, 159 of the regular season in Toronto for the Red Sox. Mm. So this is something – uh, worth watching and, and worth hearing about the conversations within that clubhouse 
about some of their better players not being available and the Red Sox being at a competitive disadvantage. It could be something also to watch at the trade deadline if the Red Sox decide to make a move there just to change up what they've got going on uh, in the bullpen. Buster, uh, back to the Yankees for a moment here because you know you mentioned the history. You talked about the 98 team and the comparisons, and that's what it is at the Yankees. You're always making these comparisons to history. Caesars has a prop bet now about Aaron Judge. I know you've been following his season, and I love when you update what pace he's on right now. The prop bet is this about Roger Maris's home run record for the, uh, for the franchise of 61. The over is plus 300. The under is minus 400. Over under is at 61.5 home runs for Judge. What do you got? Over or under? I got, uh, I got under. Uh, I just think that opposing teams, uh, as we go along here, Judge is checking every box in this year as he heads to free agency. He's been so phenomenal. Uh, in this world of analytics in baseball in 2022, uh, I think other teams say, you know what, we're not pitching to him. We're going to give him the Barry Bonds treatment. Uh, we're going to work around him. His walk rate has increased as this season's gone along, understandably because he's doing so much damage. Uh, so I think while he's going to hit a ton of home runs, and I think August and September the conversation in baseball is going to be watching each of his plate appearances to see if he can get to 60. I think he winds up falling short just because other teams won't give him the chance to get there. Yeah, we'll see where it goes down at this stretch and also the rest that I'm sure he would start to get if they have such a big lead late in the year. Buster, always great to catch up with you. Thanks so much. All right, Buster. Thanks, guys. All right. right. And by the way, we are getting closer and closer to Major League's All-Star Game just three weeks away, and that'll be a hot ticket. Hot ticket brought to you by Vivid Seats, where you earn rewards with every purchase. Vivid Seats Rewards is your ticket to more tickets. Vivid Seats, life happens Live coming up next, guys. Why Baker says the relationship with the Browns is fading to black. That's next on KJM, ESPN Radio, and Sirius XM, Channel 80. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Keyshawn, J. Will, Max, presented by Progressive Insurance. Alan Hahn in for Max. And, yes, Key's Real Rankings, who are the scariest quarterbacks in the NFL, his list, Kyler Murray, Aaron Rodgers, Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson at number one. Dan Orlovsky tweets at us on, on uh, at Key, J, and Max, no Brady, Herbert, Stafford, Key, people are coming at you. So we need to bring in some perspective here. Let's do that with our good friend Kimberly A. Martin, who joins us right now. K-Mart, how are you? What's up, guys? How are you? I need to get your your reaction to Key's real rankings here and his list. I just want to know why he didn't didn't just put Sam Darnold on there and call it a day. Like, I mean, what is this list, Key? What is this list, honestly? 
What were you doing? What was I need to know? What were the parameters could, that made you put this list together? What you could you argue that Sam Darnold is scary to his own coach. I mean, you could argue that. <laughs> well, well, for, first What's of all. First of all, I hope everything is is well with you and covering the NFL and having a wonderful offseason. Oh, now I would pursue to explain. So, my list consumes of quarterbacks that I believe keep defensive coordinators up at night because they mm-hmm. have dual threats, so to speak. They can run, they can mm-hmm. throw the RPO game. All of those sort of things is what drive defensive coordinators crazy, trying to figure out how to stop Lamar Jackson on the perimeter as well as in the passing game. Kyler Murray, dangerous, same thing. Josh Allen, same thing as those two guys. Aaron Rodgers, to a degree, same thing as those guys. Patrick Mahomes, all schedule plays. That is what keeps defensive coordinators up at night, not – the fact that Joe Burrow is cooler than ice and he took a team to the Super Bowl. Not the fact that Tom Brady has won uh, seven Super Bowls and had ten appearances. That's not my criteria. It's You can't do anything with Tom Brady no matter what you do. The only thing you do is you hope to get a pass rush. With these other guys, you've got to figure out how to stop them. You've got to figure it out because they present different problems. There is no, there's no logic to this argument that you're talking about. The idea That's that fine. you like you dismiss Tom Brady being the goat and being and and coaches understanding that you really cannot stop Brady like he, because he's so good because he can dissect defenses so quickly because he knows where his guys are because he has 105 years of playing experience and a thousand Super Bowl. Like that to me like we're discounting that and we're also discounting what Joe Burrow did last year. Like that to me is just wild. I am surprised that Brady's not on this list. Uh, I, I saw Dan Orlovsky mention Stafford. Like, I, I mean, that's a whole separate romance thing there. Um, but the idea that Tom Brady and, and Burrow and Herbert, like, you would just discount them. I'm a little surprised. Kyler Murray should not be on this list. Uh, I, yes, he looks like a bad kid running away from his mom when he's on the field. Like, <laughs> yes, it's very difficult to tackle him. Yes, I get all that. But, but. No, no defensive coordinator is looking like, oh, how are we going to stop the Cardinals? Yikes! You know what I'm saying? Like, no disrespect to the Cardinals, but it's not like being a dual threat guy is just. Now the league is trending to dual threat guys. So to me, being a dual threat guy isn't enough of a criteria. It is when this guy's in the pocket. When this guy can he escape? Does he have mobility? Or when it's two minutes on the clock and his team is trailing? And they need a score. Is he that guy? Like, can my defense stop him? Well, I've and watched Brady him is surgical. Brady is surgical. Like, yeah, but Brown that, but can that's... be surgical. Like, Herbert can be surgical. Like, that to me is the criteria. No, Kimberly, it's not the criteria. No, it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. You, you know what? I get it. I get it. It's hard for you to admit you're wrong, but it's all right. It is all right. We are not. <laughs> none of us are, are perfect. I'll tell you what. It is okay, my dear. It is okay. Let, let... Let's leave it right there then. Because, Key, I think the end result here is that you made a list and no one likes it. <laughs> but it's your and list. no one agrees. And that's where we're going <laughs> to well, leave it right anyway. there. Well, that's me anyway. They never go agree love you, with me. But that list is gone. No, no. Okay. We, we, exactly. Kimberly Martin joining us right now on the show. Um, but you've been in Cleveland. Uh, have you just stayed in Cleveland? Yeah. I mean, did you? Did, are you renting now in Cleveland? Do you have a place in Cleveland Honestly, at this point? I should. You're at every game. I really it should. Feels. <laughs> it feels like you've been there this I, whole offseason. 
But but you yeah, were no, not. I should have second residency in Cleveland for real. Mm-hmm. <laughs> At least. Uh, but you were not, I'm guessing, in Norman, Oklahoma, where Baker Mayfield had his camp and spoke <laughs> with media. I'm sure you've heard it, but let's play it for everybody listening. Baker Mayfield talking about uh, talking with reporters about his relationship with the Browns, where it stands, and could it ever be reconciled? I think it's uh, been pretty obvious the mutual decision on both sides is, is to move on. You know, I'm I'm thankful for my four years in Cleveland. There's a lot of ups and downs and a ton of learning experiences that, uh, you know, I'll forever keep with me. You know, I teammates and friends and, and relationships that I'll have for a lifetime and the support staff in Cleveland the people of Cleveland it's a great sports town so I, I'm thankful for it and that's there's no resentment towards the city of Cleveland by any means but I think a lot of people think if they didn't have a quarterback for the next year would, would there be any chance of reconciliation there no I, I think for that to happen there would have to be some reaching out but hmm. uh, we're, we're ready to move on I think on both sides Considering the Deshaun Watson situation being so tenuous, he could be out for an entire season maybe. He is still technically on their roster. They are paying him. And so some people think, mm-hmm. I mean, it's a marriage of convenience right now. What do you make of what he said there at the end about how someone's going to need to reach out? Yeah, that, that's just, I think, in Baker's own mind, he's not surveying the situation objectively. Uh, he's under contract. So whether whether a trade gets done or not, there's no real reconciliation. The Browns told you that they were moving on when they were interested and then subsequently traded for Deshaun Watson. So um, as far here's the thing. Baker's right in that both sides want to move on. That hasn't happened yet, but if it happens, I wouldn't be surprised if it happens in training camp, by training camp, um, because all these teams, before the Deshaun Watson, so all these teams understood, independent of Deshaun, that the Browns wanted to move Baker my expectation is that Carolina would be the destination if, in fact, he is traded. Never say never. Is there a scenario where a trade doesn't come through? Yes. Is there a scenario where, because of that, Baker is still a Brown come training camp in week one? Yes, it is possible, but very, very unlikely because both sides want to move on. Yeah, even if he was a Brown week one, he's never putting that uniform back on. Even if he was on the roster, and even if they had to pay him, his days of being a Cleveland Brown, getting underneath the center, coming out of the huddle, that's over. We saw the last of Baker Mayfield in a Browns uniform. I don't understand why we continue to keep trying to fit him as a reserve backup just in case Deshaun can't play. I mean, we need to get that up. Well, it makes sense. It makes sense logically. Right. Baker, because of Baker's attitude, and I, I, I love Baker, the way he plays, but there's, with that cockiness comes the immaturity. And the best thing, he needs to be on a field and playing because he's only on, uh, currently has one more year left on this current deal. It behooves him to be on a field. The sooner the better. Oh, and absolutely. to play well after being hurt mo- most of last year. So, yes, he emotionally will not go back in that building. The, but there is a logic says, you know what? The best thing for both sides, honestly, if Deshaun isn't here, would be, Hey Baker, just understand this is business, but but he can't do that. It's now gone to the emotional piece where Baker now has a chip and feels like he was disrespected. So it will never get to that point. The best thing Baker Mayfield, and I'll say it again, and I'll keep saying it, Kim. The best thing that he can do is he's going to make scheduled to make about nineteen million dollars. Mm-hmm. Is to go to the Seattle Seahawks and take a discount, incentive laced, and go win the starting job to get back on the field. That is the best thing he can do. Instead of playing, because we're running out of time. At some point, he's got to get in the training camp. He doesn't want to walk in there in week four and try to learn the system. 
take a discount, man. Sure. I ain't telling you. To, I'm not telling him to give all his money back, but again, cut him, cut him. You know, but Kimberly, you, five, you, six you million feel like, and put it in incentives. And, and Kimberly, you feel like though, not mm-hmm. Seattle, but Carolina, the more likely no, landing Carol, spot, Car- whether yeah. Robbie Anderson mm-hmm. likes it or not. Yeah, this is not. Yeah, Robbie Anderson isn't the holdup um, as much as he's made his love for Shane Darnold known. Um, no, I would expect Carolina. That day two of the draft, I was told that both sides were talking about a deal then, and there are inflection points during the draft, right before mini camp and training camp. So as we approach training camp, keep your eye on that as a, as the next window for talks to intensify. Very interesting stuff there. Certainly a story that you'll be following and. Kimberly, I'm sure you'll be back in Cleveland soon. <laughs> but we thank exactly. you for joining us on the show today. Always good to talk to you. All the best. Thanks, guys. Kimberly hey. Martin, of course, our ESPN NFL insider who has spent a lot of time around the Browns, and she lets you know it's, there's no way that, they, that he will be in uniform for the Browns at all this season. She thinks Carolina. Keith thinks Seattle. We shall see. Coming up, wait until you hear one sports fact that I'm told is absolutely not fiction. That's next. KJM, ESPN Radio. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. The Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max Podcast. That last line always kills me. It's just that that it commercial leads me. in that those are your, your ex doesn't want to hear from you anymore, and then it just stops, and you're like, wow, that's sudden. <laughs> like, okay. Keyshawn, J. Will, Max, Alan Hunt in for Max, and um, so, so Serena Williams back at Wimbledon, but doesn't get out of the first round. She loses yesterday and it's been a while now for her in winning a major. Now she's been through injury. She obviously has also been through childbirth and that is certainly a lot. Um, but at this point, it is interesting to see where she is as also we are looking at some of the greats of the individual sports and it's her and it's Tiger Woods. And it's two of them that have been icons for two decades and more, really more that we wonder guys, Will we ever see either one of them win a major again? So if there, if one of them could win one, which one would you say is more likely? Man, I watched it. I watched Serena yesterday, and I thought she was. You know, I've I've always known her. You know, she gets off to a slow start, and I thought she would roar back. Obviously, she took the second set, and the third set came, and she got up for love, and then all of a sudden, the wheels fell off, and I'm like, she just. She looked wore down toward the end. Um, 
it's just hard to say because you never want to count either one of them out. I'm going Serena, hands down. Um, I I think, look, not playing a match in a year is a really tough thing to do. Also, what she was able to accomplish mentally the other day, let's not forget a year year ago is when she – had that tear in her hamstring on that same grass court, right? Mm -hmm. So when you're playing Tan and her game is a lot of drop shots, a lot of slices, she made Serena move a lot north to south. So it really tested the conditioning of Serena Williams after not playing for a year. And let's be honest about it. I mean, there were a lot of gimmies that Serena just missed, a lot of volleys at the net that she typically would have destroyed. And she had moments that reminded you of her, but it just wasn't a complete package. So, like, I... Look, people are going to ask her if she's going to retire. I don't see her retiring right now. I think just the more reps she gets, the more matches if she decides to play the U.S. Open, I, I think she'll have a better chance than Tiger Woods to win a major, for sure. So that's – sorry. So, so we're feeling like she was showing you – because we saw Tiger at the Masters, and there were times when we thought we were seeing glimpses of Tiger as well. And then was it the PGA he went into feeling, as, feeling really great, feeling great, feeling like his chances were good, and then he didn't make it through that one. And then he did not participate in the U.S. Open. So he just has been at a place now where it's been diminishing for him. And now the question is, you know, can he play? But Masters gave us that hint of maybe there's one more left in his bag. But with Serena, as Jay said, maybe there is. So we shall see. Two greats still, of course, playing the game. Which one would win? We'll find out. Fact or fiction? Will and Max, Alan Hunt in for Max, presented by Progressive Insurance. A little fact or fiction, and to do it, our producer Evan Wilner takes over. Evan. Yeah, so there was a tweet out there uh, that said, just name a random sports fact. So we went through those uh, replies, and uh, we're going to read some fa- uh, some facts from that replies, and then we made up some that we're gonna you're going to try and figure out what's a fact and what is fiction. So let's get started. Key, Peyton Manning has a longer career rush than Trent Richardson. Fact or fiction? Fact. That is correct. That is a fact. <laughs> that was it. Yes. Jay. You said what? <laughs> he totally gets that one. No, I didn't. You figured it sounded so absurd. It had to be like Trent Richardson is such no, like a random Trent, name. It's Trent Richardson. It's the he, guy had to look right at now. his wristband before <laughs> the snap of the ball to know yep. where to go. Yep. Yep. <laughs> All right, Jay. A little basketball here for you. It is more likely Steph Curry hits a three-pointer than Tom Brady gets to the Super Bowl. Fact or fiction? Fact. No, that is fiction. It's actually more likely Tom Brady gets to the Super Bowl. Tom Brady has gotten the Super Bowl 45% of the time in his yeah. career. Uh, well, mm. Steph Curry is a 43% three-point shooter. Ooh, ooh, that's close. <laughs> that's very tricky what he yeah, did that's, to that's a good, I don't like that, like, You should have figured like that it. out. You're smarter than that, Jay. Han. Feels like he's been in the Super Bowl 50% of the time. Go ahead. Fernando Tatis once hit two grand slams in an inning. Yes, didn't that happen? Yes, yes, that is yeah. fact. Fernando Tatis, not the not the son, the, the no, dad. The dad. That happened. Two grand slams, one inning key. How about it's that? It's a record. Yeah, his dad did it. All right, Keith. Patrick Mahomes is undefeated well when playing games. <laughs> when games. Why are y'all laughing? <laughs> because <laughs> yes, his dad did it. That's right. Well, his dad did That's do it. That's correct, Bob. 
<laughs> Patrick Mahomes is undefeated when playing games that start at 3 or 3.30 p.m. Central Time. That is fiction. No, that's fact. Patrick Mahomes undefeated. No game started at 3.30. What are yeah, you talking about? Yeah, they started about? like 3.25 Central. Central Time. Three. Oh, I didn't hear the Central part. Well, you Central. don't listen. <laughs> oh, my bad. Wait, wait. I was thinking, I'm on the West Coast. I'm thinking West Coast, my bad. Yeah. Jay. It's fine. Okay. I'll still try to figure out. I need to get on the board. Next up. Here we go. Jay, Paul Pierce, who retired in 2017. Poo poo. What? Yep. Uh. <laughs> number two. <laughs> number two. That is, that is the perfect number two drop. <laughs> I should just win off that. That's it. He won. He got it right. He's right. Yeah, I got Whatever it, right. it is, he's right. On, uh, Back. Paul <laughs> Pierce. Did yeah, why are you chewing, Jay? Yeah, fact or fiction, Paul Pierce, who retired in 2017, has played more minutes since the start of the 2016 season than Udonis Haslam, who is still in the league. Wait, what? Say that again? Since the start of 2016, who has played more minutes, Paul Pierce or Udonis Haslam? Udonis Haslam. That's correct. Come on. on. Udonis Haslam has played more minutes, but Paul Pierce... Number two. Played more minutes <laughs> in his final season than Udonis Haslam has played since the end of that season. Oh, jeez. That's a better one. Still right. getting a check. Fact or fiction. That's right. Fact. Fact Number or fiction, two. Key. Nobody has ever won Heisman <laughs> two years in a row. That's, that's fiction because Archie Griffin did that. Correct. You know the years. Uh... Is this like a bonus Archie, question? Does he get like Archie bonus Griffin points? Yeah, did bonus it in, points. I believe he did it in 67, 68? 74, 75, close though. 74, yeah. okay. Will yeah. Chamberlain, fact or fiction, Han, Will Chamberlain fouled out of a game only once in his career. Better get this right, Han. Man, that's you moved fiction. him out of your top ten. That is fiction. He wow. never fouled out. Will Chamberlain never fouled out of a game. It just shows you how bogus that was. Team. Not sacrificing totally. himself for the it team. It shows you how hard he played defensively. Uh, Have a check, stole the ball. Key. <laughs> key, both. Why is Key getting extra questions? Both the Lions and the Browns. Jay, you're like a little brother. Relax. You're going to uh, get some. I'm trying to win the game. Jeez. Key, both the Browns <laughs> and the Lions two. went 4 0 in the preseason in the year they went 0 16 in the regular season. Oh, 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 oh. That's why get this that is fact. Yeah, that is fact. Nice yes, job. That is Very fact. good, Jay, Jay Very Larry good. Fitzgerald has more career tackles than dropped passes. More career tackles than dropped passes. That Fiction. is Jay. Fiction. Uh, that is fact. Jay, you don't see me giving you the – come on, Jay. You got to be looking at I already me. said the answer, damn it. Then Number I looked up. You gave didn't. me something different. Jay, I'll give you a hint on this one. Ben Simmons has five career three-pointers. All right, I'm giving you that information. Fact or fiction that Shaq has more three-pointers in his career than Ben Simmons? <laughs> Fact. No, it's fiction. fiction. Ben Simmons has Man. five. Shaq has and one. And Shaq got three. Shaq has one. 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 Han. It's like a half-court shot. Has Jay gotten any right? Yes, I got one right, Pat. <laughs> Number two. Huh? Yeah, but he didn't understand the question. I had to rephrase it for him. So yeah, but I got it right. Oh, this is such a beautiful disaster. Han, golf yeah. and soccer have both been played on the moon. That's 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 fiction. It is. Golf is the only sport yes. played on the moon. A soccer ball was brought to space, but if they you didn't kicked play. It, where would it go? Yeah, I like it. That's all I got. I can find some more. 
You guys, those were good. We should make up ones and just you should just put them on the Twitter handle and see if people believe it. Oh wait, <laughs> that's actually it's Twitter. Twitter. They gonna believe anything on social media. You know that. <laughs> Josh Allen is a uh, top three scary QB <laughs> fact <laughs> or fiction. Oh, that's fiction. No, you said what? You, you're such a cornball. Leave Josh Allen alone, Pat. <laughs> Number two. <laughs> Yeah, that was yeah, Josh. Leave Josh, yeah, Josh alone, man. Josh just trying to help his team get back to the playoffs. But I understand what Pat's saying. The Bills oh, poor, are like poor oh. Josh Allen. Right? Let's Wait. poor Josh Allen. Just all he's doing is trying to lead his team to Wait, a Super Bowl. Who's projected to win the NFC East this year? The Cowboys. The NF- NFC East. Yeah. Is it just the Cowboys? Are you sure? I thought I thought uh, I thought Vegas has the Eagles with the best odds. Oh, do they? I don't know. You know that Vegas stuff better than me. All right, I'm mm. just saying, are people projecting the Eagles to do something good this year? Should we start knocking the Eagles, Pat? But it's not as loud as the Bills. Yeah, the look, Bills I'm, not, I'm not here for your negativity, Jay. I don't need that you're right now. You're the one bringing oh, wow. the negativity. What I'm are you not, talking about? I don't about? like the energy you're bringing to the show right now, Jay. <laughs> hey, Pat, Pat, what year were you born? Uh, 95. Cool. Fact or fiction, key played in the NFL? Uh, fiction. Jeez. Just this guy, man. He doesn't even no, know his No, I did play in the NFL. doesn't even know his own host. That's a little this personal. Dude, man. Do your research, I played Pat. in the NFL, Pat. Oh, I thought that you were just the uh, the Pat. Pat, the, your dad was booing man, Key, yelling fact, things fact, at Fact key. or fiction? The only reason why you have this job, Pat, is because of your dad. <laughs> oh, that's fiction. That's Evan. You, you fact confused. or fiction? Evan's only working at ESPN because of his dad. Yeah, you that's no fact. longer say Evan's. The only reason Evan's on the show is because of his dad, because that's not true either. That's just awkward. Factor fiction, James Beard has grown since the last time we saw him. He cut it, so fiction. Factor fiction, (laughs) Key put lotion on his ankles this morning. Key, hold him up so I can see him. That That joke was funny. Factor fiction. I have nothing. That was was well done. I can write my name on my ankles. Factor fiction. We've got more coming up next. Thanks for listening to Keyshawn, J. Will, and Matt's The Podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio.